Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The views and opinions expressed by hosts, invited speakers, and callers do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the Black Talk Media Project or the Black Talk Radio Network. afternoon and welcome to Black Talk Radio News. My name is Scotty Reed, broadcasting from behind these enemy lines. Today's date is April 15, 2015, and you are tuned in to the Black Talk Radio Network station as we continue our live broadcasting for the day. Do want to apologize for those who may have been looking for uh, this particular program to be on air yesterday, uh, but I really got caught up in some work behind the scenes in terms of the website and dealing with, you know, coding and and all kind of stuff and um, just really came close to achieving an objective so that we can do more things uh, in-house and not rely on uh, third-party vendors and whatnot for the operation of the website blattalkradionetwork.com. So I do apologize. Um, It's been a while since I've done a Wednesday broadcast, but I figured since I'm cutting the program down to an hour so I can get more of these things done behind the scenes, um, you know, helping train people and just everything involved in it. So, um, yeah, I've cut down to an hour, so I'm going to just go ahead and do the program five days a week when possible, whenever possible. So, uh, apologies again if you tuned in yesterday and I was not on air. Um, today, open forum. It is an open forum for today. Um, the telephone number, we're going to do something different. Uh, we do have a conference line open. Uh, that telephone number is 530-881-1400. The access code is 549032-POUND. Once you're in that conference line, you hit star 6 and 1 to comment now the studio line is also uh, going to be open and that telephone number is 704-951-5030 so again that number is 704-951-5030 so if you want to comment if you have some news that you would like to share uh, please do so uh, by calling in to either one of those numbers. Uh, again, today is an open forum. Got to go over the war reports. But the first thing I want to uh, talk about is, is this story that involves racism and terrorism on campuses across the nation. I'm not talking about just simply college campuses. No, I'm talking about high school, intermediate school, middle school, junior high, whatever they call in these schools. Usually, you know, I'm not hearing a whole lot of terrorism and racism going on in elementary school, and I'm talking about student-on-student racism and terrorism. I don't hear a whole lot of of that going on in elementary schools. Um, Doesn't mean it's not happening, but I haven't heard a lot of stories. But I've been hearing of late... A whole lot of stories involving at least kids in the sixth grade, seventh grade on on up, all the way to college. Uh, we keep hearing all these reports about racism and terrorism towards 
um, not only black children, but children who are non-white. And I mean, it really shouldn't be surprising to anyone when the whole curriculum, and I don't care what region you're based in, they have standard tenets to their school curriculum. And it, it's, it's white, it has the white supremacist worldview. It paints the white supremacists and the racists as heroes, as founding fathers, if you will. I mean, just really let that sink in. And so when racist white supremacists all throughout history are exalted and elevated and, and given a special place in the halls of history of this country, I mean, is it, is, it shouldn't be surprising people that we can't seem to make a dent in all of this racism and white supremacy going on. We can't not stop white people from becoming converts to that religion. So this story that I that I saw um, today as I was preparing the Racism Terrorism Report, Volume 1, Issue uh, Number 6, just published about 30 minutes ago, heavily focusing on terrorism, police terrorism. But another story um, that I came across or came to my email, I didn't include this one in, in the report, so it'll go in issue number seven. But in Cincinnati, there is a, and, and I don't know why, I guess it's a, um, I don't know if it's a white woman or if it's a black woman, but in Lebanon, this community called Lebanon, I guess it might be a little small town or a suburb outside of Cincinnati, Ohio. So I'm, I'm just going to read this to you from Cincinnati.com. A Lebanon mother of biracial children filed a formal complaint Tuesday with the U.S. Department of Education's Office for Civil Rights. Great job. That's what you're supposed to do. That's what I have talked about on this program or information that I have shared. Uh, when we covered the stories about, you know, Tillman Hall, a, a building, a prominent building on the Clemson campus, Clemson University in South Carolina. This man was a, a, a racist white supremacist, if ever there were, was one. And the students, you know, trying to get the building name changed. And then the Christmas Party uh, SAE, again, the same uh, fraternity where we had those uh, frat boys led by Levi, I think his name was Pettit, you know, chanting nigger on the bus this chant that was taught to them this song that was taught to them and I doing while I was writing for those stories and preparing for interviews and to also you know just talk about those stories I was like you know this is a crime this is a crime there are laws on the book especially when we come to our school campuses see school campuses are, are viewed and treated differently than you and I just out here on a on the street or you know hanging out at a strip mall or at the mall no schools are supposed to be safe places but stories like this one coming to us from Ohio show us that schools are not safe places for non-white children so this Lebanon mother she with to and this is on the web all you got to do is look up if we want to call it even though we know it's racism but they want to call it bullying well we still file those complaints but we still assert that this is race based bullying this is terrorism but there's a website I mean you could just google bullying in, in US the United States federal government has a website it maintains that informs you about your rights and students' rights and, and you know, the formal complaint process because you don't have to simply settle for what the superintendent of your school district says. Yes, you should go through the chain of command, as they called it in the military, and first file your complaint with the principal. If you don't get satisfaction, 
you go over his head and if you never if you don't find any satisfaction within that county or that school district then it, it then it's time to take it up a notch so continuing with this story this Lebanon mother uh, filed a formal complaint with the U.S. Department of Education's Office for Civil Rights accusing the school officials of ignoring complaints of racial harassment and bullying. Robert Newman, an attorney for Heather Allen, said his client has complained to school officials on at least nine occasions this school year regarding racial harassment of her children in Lebanon junior and high schools. So that's junior high and high school. Nonetheless, school officials failed to ensure a safe school environment for minority students. Now, I, I don't, again, because the victims are many, I can't be expected to know all the victims' names, but it was, what, a week ago? And and, and surely it's published, um, without a doubt, published it in the Racism Terrorism Report volume one on black talk radio network i do remember the story and posting it and talking about it on this program talking about the sixth grader the black female um she said that a couple of students had called her a nigger and then um she go to her locker and find notes on her locker talking about niggers don't belong here and she told the principal and the principal told her oh these just words words will never harm you don't worry about it. No big deal. You just go about your day. So anyway, um, you know that the girl did not was not satisfied with her principal's answer to her being terrorized, being bullied on the campus. Told her parents, and then her parents went to the school, filed a complaint. wasn't happy with that. Kept going up the chain of command. And for whatever reasons, I think it was the Elkin School District. It was some some state up north. It might have also been Ohio. But anyway, went to the chain of command, wasn't happy. And they ended up getting banned from campus. Because they must have been advocating too loudly, too strongly for the rights of their children to be free from terrorism at school and so now the sheriff's department is investigating that particular case so I just wanted to re to remind you of that particular case again this happened about a couple of weeks ago we talked about it on this program and this is a, these are not isolated incidents I'm pretty sure if if you talk to any non-white student in a predominantly white school, one like what I went to starting in, in junior high when we moved back to North Carolina from Detroit, that was like my first real exposure to being surrounded, you know, by, by white people. And certainly if we talk to people who have gone to those schools and who are in those schools now, they will be able to tell you about these little acts of racism and, and whatnot. And they may not have even complained about it or anything. And they just accepted it and went about their day. So the, the, these are not isolated incidents. We have these grown people who want to perpetuate the system of racism and white supremacy and they are going to to no matter what their job title says and what their job duty description is to protect all the children no they're going to afford these little terrorists in the making white privilege because they don't want them to get that in their school records and and, and what not and follow them through their academic career no they don't want that they know they, they know that that can be a problem for those children and, and so again this is all part of a systemic system a system that is global but I think that the epicenter 
of racism and white supremacy is right here in the United States of America, USA Inc. That's why I proclaim that we live behind enemy lines. So, um, yeah, you're listening to Black Talk Radio News. My name is Scotty Reed, broadcasting on the Black Talk Radio Network. Um, did get an email, Tando Radio Show will not be on air yesterday. I mean, excuse me, today. They will not be on air today, but at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern, uh, New Abolitionist Radio will be on air. So I'm going to take a short break just to uh, remind you the telephone number, 704-951-5030. That's the studio line. The conference line is 530-881-1400. The access code is 549-032-POUND. You hit star six and one to comment on air. We'll be right back. tuned in to the black talk radio network for live programming schedules visit us on the web at blacktalkradionetwork.com welcome back to black talk radio news again just to remind you um this program is down to an hour but it will be on monday through friday at four o'clock to um about five o'clock p.m have to do it have to do it until um some of these people training comes along, which they are making progress. All right. Um, we do have a phone call. We want to go um, to the conference line, area code 619. Um, what's on your mind? Area code 619. Did you have a question or a comment? Area code 619. You may have yourself muted okay I see 619 I see you talking but for whatever reason it is not coming through um give me just a second I think I know what the problem is alright I'm sorry go ahead with your question or comment we have you now okay hey, hey, hey how you doing Scotty I'm doing I'm doing okay <laughs> I'll just put it that way <laughs> All right, man. Listen, I'm calling out of San Diego, man. My name is uh, Tori. I actually, um, I've been listening to you for a while since you left from Blog Talk. And I had a question. I wanted to make a quick statement and I also had a question. Sure. Um, I, uh, so I'm calling out of San Diego. Recently, I just um, uh, was released from slavery uh, here in January. Okay. Um, they, they put me in. I literally was uh, coming down, driving down the street. Um, and the slave catchers decide they want to pull me over. Instead of pulling over in a dark area, I, I went to a well-lit gas station, and I was surrounded by a firing squad <clears throat> and dogs, and I literally had done nothing. You know, never told me what I, what happened, anything. Just threw me in, searched my whole car, had my trunk hood, all my doors open, all these things. Um, and I, I sat in jail for 17 days facing a $50,000 bond. Now, recently... <coughs> what did they charge uh, you with? They charged me with felony evasion, um, uh, resisting arrest, um, and then they added three traffic charges. They said I drove all the way out the lane. They said uh, they said I was following too closely to a car in front of me. So they, they just stacked the charges light. on you. Yeah, that's quite common. I mean, common. not only did they stack charges, Scotty, they made this whole thing up. Like, they, it, it got local news coverage... The community came out um, and supported some of the things. When I was in jail, I actually was thinking I was like I should have I uh, should have sent the story to Scotty, but I know you guys uh, cover a lot of heavy stuff. So, but um, but yeah, there was some coverage. But they just fabricated the whole story, and then uh, we actually went to court, and um, they they try to push you all the way down to the line because they keep trying to get you to plea. Right, you know, right. They try to get me to plea over and over. If you guys, yeah, you can look up my name, Tori Robinson. Okay, uh, San Diego. You'll you'll probably can find the article. Uh, the but, name sounds yeah. familiar, actually. Yeah, yeah. Just recently, there was a. Uh, 
you know, a friend of mine had started a little campaign, and uh, there was a hashtag, and uh, so it, it, it got passed around. It was pretty popular. But now, I, I bring, I state that not only to bring awareness and let you guys know, like you said, Ferguson is everywhere. Ferguson is San Diego, too. You know, don't get it twisted. But I say that because when I went to trial, because um, we started the trial process, and mid-trial, the mm-hmm. prosecutor dropped the charges, which the judge said he's never seen happen before. But we started the trial and we did the jury selection. Not one, not not one, black person was in my jury was even there to be selected, because you know the prosecutor and the defense gets to just strike people out right, in a right. process with no reason. But there wasn't even one for them to even be stricken out. Not one. Wow. Not one black person. I wonder and, um, what the voting percentage of black people in that county who are registered to vote, because that's where the jury pool comes from. Is from right. the uh, uh, database of of registered voters, and um, even th- and I'm not saying that you know you must not have black people registered to vote. Cause look, I've been registered to vote since I was 18. I'm 47 now. I've only been called to jury duty once, and I've pretty much been in one spot here um, for the last 25 years. So it's not like, you know, I've been moving around from place to place. No, I've been at the same address, so, you know, for decades. So, and then my mother, who's in her 60s, has uh, only once been called. And she, you know, again, so, um, so that's not unusual for you not to. No, yeah. Yeah. No, I was going to say, you know, I agree that's something I should, I can do a little more research into. But I've been registered in the same area, Mm -hmm. um, and I was only called once. And then, we never like I spoke to a couple other people and we'll get called but we never even make it to the courtroom right because there's a process and it's like we haven't made it there mm-hmm. but 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 I, br- I bring that up to say should we even be in these positions you know what I mean what like, do you mean you feel like in we, these positions yeah like we're about 10% of the population here or 8 8, 8% uh, the, the census will say but should we even put ourselves in a position where we can go somewhere and only be 8% of the jury you know what I mean? Or should we be moving as black folks? Should we move to places where we have a higher population? Because you always say we're behind enemy lines. Does it make right. for a sense for us to be in these kind of positions? No, no, I think we have to look towards what our ancestors did. And if you look throughout history, even during chattel slavery, and again, I got to remind people, slavery was never abolished. It was just transformed into prison slavery. Um, but even during chattel slavery, our people have always escaped the plantation and, and went somewhere where they could be safe, whether that was with in other indigenous non-white tribes or or wherever um on new abolitionist radio when we used to when we profile abolitionists i can't recall the guy's name but in the early 1800s or mid 1800s it was prior to 1865 what he was doing was was going to uh kansas and missouri and he was trying to buy up land to you know for black people to come and settle down and and, you know create towns like we have created in the past but he ran into problems because white um people in control of the land didn't want to sell or they tried tried to you know gouge him on the price um the republic of new africa has always advocated for you know um four states in the south for to be a safe space for black people and and so i certainly think you know that these are all logical movements because we are not safe um we are just being picked on uh picked on picked off and you know we don't really have have any what you might call real power um and the only way for us to get power is to come together in unity and bring together um our resources so um I mean, I hope I answered your question. I mean, it's logical for people to want to move away from the people that's terrorizing them. So, Right. Well, yeah, no, I mean, I hear what you're saying. I mean, basically, you're saying we should be migrating to situations where we are away from. Or, uh, in your case, in, in your case, like, okay, for example, where I'm at in North Carolina, um, in Gaston County, predominantly white, probably 80% 
uh, white, the little town, I don't live in town, but the little town is probably about 80% white and whatnot. But in this area, you know, on this particular road that I live on, you know, in a 10 mile radius, you know, it's all family. It's all, you know, black people, black families that have a presence going back hundreds of years, over a hundred years. And, and, and so, you know, we have little safe spaces up here. You know, and, and right. if it feels safe to me, I can certainly drive down the road and come back home and not really worried about, you know, um, getting pulled over in this and that. It can, certainly can happen, but it doesn't happen right. a lot, you know, cause we in, in this safe space. So, but the thing is, is we have to control our communities. That's what I was trying, really trying to get at. We, you know, black people up here, we got like, you know, a little place where we created a little wreck. A, a recreational park, you know, on some community land down there so our kids wouldn't have to go, you know, to the white pool and, and, you know what I'm saying? Right, right. And so we, right. we have to control our communities and, and we don't have to move from out from where we are because most people tend to congregate or live in clusters with people who look like them. But what we have to do is start controlling our communities and we don't control our communities. You can't right. be safe we'll in a community you don't control. They have like see what what happens in our area because I think I think uh, what you just mentioned is uh, is something to think about because we I, I live in a city San Diego County has about uh, three three million three hundred thousand people mm-hmm. and we do have pockets of black folks but wherever the black folks are and we're being gentrified right now uh, but wherever we are that's where you have police going around mm-hmm. and they they constantly uh, or excuse me not police but slave catchers. Uh, patrolling our community, doing uh, pulling us over every day, making sure they do everything to dominate and contain that community. Mm-hmm. You see what I mean? Right. Like uh, I've seen you guys, you posted on your your uh, page the whole deal with the Penal Code 182.5, where they uh, where they the, the the rapper just for being a part of a so-called gang. They, oh, he they wasn't even part of the gang. He wasn't no, in- he's not. Yeah, I grew up. No, I, uh, I grew up familiar with him, and I'm um, now. I actually we go around and we speak together. This is in my city, so no, he's not a part of the game. But they're using, they're using that because he just, knows some black people that may be in a gang. You know what I'm saying? Well, it's not, well, but you don't have a choice though. So this is how it works. You grow up, you play pop Warner football, and you live in a certain area. There's naturally there's going to be gang members in your area, but you're just that's just you growing up. Hey, I ain't got nothing against gang members. I, 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 what I have against gang members is what they do in the community. Uh, like the, the Crips, we all know, uh, Stanley Tukey Williams, uh, started the Crips as a way to protect the black community. And then that, you know, that whole movement has been corrupted. And so, you know, the Black Panther Party, uh, also did, and, and Fred, uh, Chairman Fred Hampton, uh, senior that was assassinated by Chicago police. He was really known, you know, for bringing gangs, you know, together and, and bringing about right. these so truces and politicizing these gangs. But these are young warriors, you know what I'm saying? And so, you know, what they have done is just criminalize black people knowing black people. You know, I mean, that's right. just and absolutely we, ridiculous. Right. And more so, and see, I'm glad if more of us had that mindset we don't have that mindset as a people because i i I agree with you i don't have a problem with a so-called gang member either these are people Mm -hmm. you see what i mean i grew up with them they are product of the system just like anybody else exactly exactly and see because because the thing is what we do in our community is we hoist up and give all this credit to anything that white people approve of that's why we we look at them the way we do because it's like you could look at a so-called thug or gang member at least some of these people have a mindset of independence and, and trying to build something for themselves. Now, it may not have been as positive a situation, but you have some of these, uh, like a drug dealers, for instance, that would take over land and property to create an independent situation for themselves. That's the kind of energy and spirit and thought process that we need. Now, we don't need to um, sell drugs, but right. neither does a liquor store on your on your corner right. need to sell drugs that kill people either. Neither do these CVSs and these Walgreens that they open don't need to be selling drugs either. So don't single out the so-called gang members. Don't single us out because they're doing the same thing as everyone else. You say, oh, people get killed in, pl- in the process, but the police kill about three people a day in the process of defending their drug operation. 
Right. So don't single us out. So I'm with you on that. And if we didn't, if we didn't criminalize our people, we would, we would, um, we wouldn't have let a penal code one eighty two point five, which is that operation when they grabbing us off the streets, wouldn't exist. Right. But, but I don't want to, you know, take up all the time. But I, I appreciate the the insights you gave. I, I don't know. I just, I'm just really thinking we, we we just shouldn't be in situations like this where I can go somewhere and and there's not even one black person on the jury. Then we have to we have to tailor our whole strategy and can't even tell the full truth because the 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 um, the common citizen is so biased and 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 such a victim of propaganda right. to not even understand and be able to see me as the person I am. College grad, work with special ed children, work two jobs, have custody of my daughter, paying for her daycare, and then he just snatched me up, put me in jail. They can't even see that objectively because the propaganda they're victim to. Well, well. I'm just glad, bro, that you ain't on the plantation no more. And, you right. know, you knew, it sounded like you knew the game and they was just trying to stall and stall to get you to plead out to something you didn't do. And then eventually you held on to your principles. And, and what, what did you say? They just dropped the charges? We'll drop the charges in the middle of a trial. So, and I want to put this out there too for anyone listening. You guys have to be very wary because they have a lot of tactics to make you plead. They'll right. they'll they'll hit you with the first set, they hit you with the next set, and then what they even did with me is, which I I think this was fake. They tried to make it like um, like the judge is like, all right, look, we got we're back from recess, we're about to swear the jury in. And what they told me is, after they swear a jury in, they have to finish the trial. So if they swear the jury in, they have to finish the trial. So the prosecutor's like, oh, uh, judge, can you just give me some more time? Uh, I, I need to talk with my boss, and they can you give me more time? And then they uh, they went in, and then he called the counsel in the back. So my lawyer and his lawyer, I had a public, public defender, by the way. My lawyer and his lawyer go to the back, then my lawyer comes out and tries to give me one more deal because uh, the reason they say that they were pulling me over was because, um, you know, this is going to surprise you. They said I had a broken tail light. You know, I'm sure you never heard that before. Nope. Never so heard it before. <laughs> <laughs> so I had a, a broken tail light, they said. And um, and even though that's why he said he pulled me over, that mm-hmm. wasn't even one of my original charges. Right. You didn't even get a ticket my, for it, did you? Right. No, I, and it wasn't even, not only that, it wasn't a charge. Right. I listed my five charges. Uh, the break, the broken tail light was not even a charge. Well, we're glad that broken tail light didn't lead to you getting gunned down, you know, in the streets. And, and we're happy uh, that you didn't become one of, of the modern slaves that's on one of these prison plantations. But we do got to move it on, bro. But please keep us yeah, abreast definitely. of the situation and call in any time. All right. All right. Peace to you. Thanks, Daddy. Okay, um, the um, next caller, I'm going to come to you. We do need to take a short uh, break, and then we'll come back, and I'll go straight to the phone line. You're listening to Black Talk Radio News. My name is Scotty Reed, broadcasting from behind enemy lines. We have to begin to move to control our community. Everything that's in your community that you don't control is a weapon against you. Public education as it exists today is a weapon against black people. TV and news media, especially the WPP, White Power Press, White People's Paper, and White People's Power, are enemies against black people. What the white press does is that it makes black people an enemy of black people. This is Brother Elliot, host of Time for an Awakening, and you're listening to Black Talk Radio Network, new media for the new millennium. And welcome back to Black Talk Radio News. And before I go to this next call again, um, the caller, um, Tory, I believe that was his name, Tory, um, Tory, yeah, Tory Robinson. He said, look up his name, you'll find uh, uh, stories. Um, but, you know, again, just following up on something he said in, in the whole conversation about black people creating safe spaces for themselves, if it makes sense for us to 
continue to exist in these places where we are obviously being hunted down, gunned down, and then, you know, not even being considered as part of a community, you know, because if, if that county consider black people to be part of that county, to be part of that community, to be residents, to be citizens, then they would then they would be including black people in the process through the jury pool and whatnot. But we see all over America that the pattern in practice has been to exclude black people. So what they tell you, that should tell you something right right there. And so these are the reasons that black people are reported on the day before yesterday about the report that came out, which by the way, um I do have uh the professor Mazama, I, I think that's how you pronounce her name, Temple um University professor or associate professor, and she wrote the story about the um more and more black parents pulling their children out of these schools and and, and homeschooling because of white racism. And so she'll be on the uh, program tomorrow. Sister Cece was able to reach out. Uh, great job, Sister Cece. I'm looking forward to speak to her. But um, this is why. This is why racism and terrorism. So anybody that want to call you a black separatist or try to paint it in a negative connotation, well, you know, they just full of, you know, bull crap. They just full of it. And they are not acknowledging the existence of, of black people and other non-white people in in this country under a system of racism and white supremacy. A very violent system, a very aggressive system, you know, um, that has always propped itself up on or black bodies, black labor, just everything. So let me go to uh, the phone line. Uh, we had another caller, area code seven one. Seven, yeah, seven one seven. Uh, you're on Black Talk Radio News. Go ahead with your question or comment. Hey, brother Scott, it's your brother Ao, man. Hey, greetings to you. Hey, man, listen, you you're absolutely right about so many things. Uh, sometimes I get inoculated about where to start, but let me go right to the point. Literally, racism and white supremacy is supported by a concept called crimogenics. It's built on crime. It's established on crime. And it selects its criminals. You can tell that by the perfect example is the individual who shot the the brother in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Now, literally, that's murder, and they got it on film. Mm-hmm. It would be a cutting if it was a black person shooting it. It would be a closed case. But since it's, the system is built on cryogenics, the very people who are committing the crime are also the very people who are writing the laws. Mm-hmm. So, therefore, if you literally vote and they don't want you to come into court, they'll tell you, they'll come in for an interview then when they get you there, because the, the system of cryogenics, you don't serve their purpose. Right. So literally, they put you out. Mm-hmm. And the sad part about it is the very person that's being uh, brought up on a specific charge in that courtroom literally is you. <laughs> the sad part about it is when you look up and they say you'll be represented by your peers, how can it be your peers when none of them look like you? Right, right. See, they share nothing in common with you. So, not even the from the same, would, hey, not, not even in the same, uh, uh, I was going to say zip code, but they're probably in the same zip code, but you get what I, my meaning is. They don't live, they, they don't live in your part of town. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, another thing is even the psychological aspects of their thinking process has nothing to do with yours because in their world, their society as they see it is different than it is as we live it. So therefore they cannot understand nor do they want to because they already have an idea and a system that makes their idea work. That brother Troy, you was talking about moving and if you're going to move away from this system, what you need is a passport, brother. Because I'm going to tell you something. Regardless of where you go, it's one of the highest exports America has is racism. Oh, yeah, no so, doubt. And I, I and I have talked about that in the past about, because I got friends, uh, two friends that recently moved to Ghana, um, Africa. But I have talked about, you know, if you think that you're going there because you think it's a safe space, it may be a safer space uh, depending upon where on the continent you decide to make your home, but Africa is not a safe space, okay? 
for yeah. black people. It, it, it is not, you know, racism, white supremacy. I mean, all we got to do is look at what NATO has been doing in Africa and, and what, uh, what is it called? The, they can't, Afrocom. Um, I remember talking yeah. about Afrocom about 10, 15 years ago. And so there is no, there is no safe spaces that you're going to run and hide. Eventually you're going to have to engage the enemy. So you will hope you engage in the enemy on your own terms. And so, you know, um, but I'm not one to want to run and hide. I have ties to the blood ties to this land and every black person who had a, 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 a enslaved ancestor, you got Yo, look, this land was purchased with their blood. You know what I'm saying? And so I'm not oh, so, I'm, I'm, I'm not one to be ready to just abandon this land, but I am one to get with like-minded, you know, other folks, uh, uh, um, who look like me or think like me because everybody look like you ain't, ain't your friend. You know what I'm saying? No, they ain't. No, they're they not your friend. Not. So, so. And you know, the sad part, sad part about it is that uh, most people don't even realize that we were here as black people. We were here in this land far before the, it, uh, Europeans even made most their presence known. Most definitely. So, so, so we, we really have, uh, a history that we could build on. But one of the reasons why I called was because now I'm beginning to realize that black people are starting to hit this brick wall and say, well, how do we organize? I've been referring them to, the uh, Black Talk Radio because literally there are nothing there's nothing else, no other media resources out there that are even considering conversating about true organization mm-hmm. so in, in turn I'm trying to uh, I guess give you the incentive to open that door to those people who are trying to organize maybe to come together and start a show so that we can teach organization on the local level in order for it to be expanded to the community, the city, the state, and so forth. Well, because that, as a state, go ahead. Well, that's the mission of Black Talk Media Project when it was created in 2008 um, to to get people to real recognize the power number one of the media and to recognize you know that technology has given us you know an ability to communicate with each other on a global scale and so we need to be taking advantage of this and not simply just using it for entertainment purposes and whatnot but organizing so that's the mission of the black talk media project and in fact you know the much of the programming on this on, on this radio station is black people who have organized in the people activity area of education through these airwaves. So Absolutely. Yeah. And that's why I've been referring people to it. Uh, one more question. Is there a PayPal attached to the uh, Black Talk Radio Network? Oh, uh, yes, there is, as well as on blacktalkmediaproject.org. Uh, y'all, I, I probably need to start mentioning that more. But if you're interested in starting a digital radio station, um, you know, the information is all there at blacktalkmediaproject.org. I have tutorials and, I mean, this information is, is, is available to you free of charge. And so it ain't nothing to do it but to do it. Start learning, start building, and be the media that you want to see. So yes, there are PayPal buttons on both of those websites as well as the uh, physical mailing address for people who don't do PayPal. The physical mailing address of the Black Talk Media Project is listed on the websites as well. Excellent. I'm glad to hear that. One more thing. You know, Congress is trying to push a bill now that they could tax you on your bank deposits. Um, they ain't that's nothing enough, but robbers and thieves, so it don't surprise that's me. Right. That's another way of stealing from your brother. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, um, are you hearing anything from the Tea Party, the taxed enough or taxed to death party? <laughs> I mean, because this is they boys in Congress, right? Originators of the idea, who knows? Yeah, certainly through Alec and whatnot. I, I'm wondering when those folks gonna wake up, cause they being exploited too. And they don't realize it. And, you know, like I heard on Tanya Free and Friends, they talking about restricting what you can buy with food stamps and trying to paint this picture like all these people that's getting uh, getting food stamps is living high on the hog and having lobster and steak every night. And, you know, just another way to criminalize people, because if you cut those benefits 
and then people aren't able to eat okay then they're going to do whatever they need to do criminal or or un, you know whatever legal uh to eat so you know all of these cuts to the social safety net and, and whatnot see they got us hooked they got us hooked see back in the 60s the black panther party and and i don't mean to go off on a tangent but this is important you just reminded me of something i was listening to this lady i don't know if she was joking or not but i've heard other people say this that after martin luther king jr was assassinated that nobody else stepped up and that's simply not true and that is that and the reason she doesn't know that is cause you know she hasn't done her research on on the black uh liberation movement or even that much research into the civil rights movement you know which morphed into the black liberation but there have been that's why we do the radio program political prisoner radio to tell you about all these black people men and women uh indigenous folks people who have stepped up and are in behind bars like most people know brother mumia but look the black panther party a lot of people like to associate them with just simply guns and whatnot, um, but certainly they were providing a vital security um, service for the black community because they were seeing all the same black death that we're seeing in the streets today. They were seeing it at that time too. Police have not changed. They have not changed. But more importantly, they were teaching black people to be even more unified and self-sufficient. They had medical clinics in the neighborhood. They had, there wasn't even a food stamp program, but they were feeding each other. All right. They came together in the United States government later would copy many of these programs. And, and that is what we need to get back to. We need to get back to that sort of black identity, that black self-respect and, and to where we start coming together and pooling our resources and, and, and defending ourselves, you know, on, on all, in all areas. And we can do it, man. We've done it before. But the United States government, you know, they, they launched a, a really vicious attack on those black people for simply, you know, being about black independence, black autonomy. They saw them as a threat. And so, you know, that is why they were destroyed. And and, and quite frankly, I feel like that that is what we need to be doing today. You know, we don't have to create an organization with a cha- charter and membership and, and, and whatnot. But, I mean, simply... You know, we just need to start coming together where we live. Let's start it, you know, with your neighbor, your next door neighbor. Do you know your next door neighbor name? Do you know, do y'all talk? Oh, yeah. You know, do you talk? Do you, you know, talk about what's going on in the community? Do you got a, a, a neighborhood block association? You know, so we, we need to do whatever's necessary for us to unite, you know, because again, we do live behind enemy lines. I, I have no doubt of that. And we got to come together and come up with a solution. Absolutely, brother. And that's why I made the inquiries I made. And I always let people know about Black Talk Radio. Thank if you. You're going to start, start there because at least you have a place to plant your seed and you have a place to grow. All right, right, Brother Scotty. You take care, man. You do the same. You do the same. Okay. Let me go ahead and clear clear the queue. We got about 10 minutes left in the broadcast. Again, Tando Radio Show will not be on air today. I think they'll be on air tomorrow, but tonight at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. Please tune in for New Abolitionist Radio, where uh, we will be discussing 21st Century Slavery and human trafficking. Uh, Max and Johanna do a great job in putting together uh, information to share with you during that two-hour broadcast, which is every Wednesday night at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. And speaking, you know, uh, of coming together, you know, I am encouraged. I, I, I'm not, you know, I, I'm not this this person who is defeated in his spirit and just thinks that, you know, that we will never be able to overcome um, the struggles because our people are just so ignorant and they don't know what's going on and, and, and whatnot. That, that, I, I don't believe that. I do not believe that. Again, I talked about technology and then we have social media and black people globally specifically nationwide in in the United States but globally we are coming together we are organizing 
we we are just not hearing about it on ABC or CBS, which we shouldn't be. We shouldn't be seeing because you don't want to let the enemy know all your moves. Now the enemy shouldn't even know you there until you smack them in the face. All right, but there is enough being published and, and enough demonstrations nonstop that are going on as a result of all of these slave catchers out here doing what they do and that's capturing people to put them in a greater confinement as some people call it we call it slavery or whether it's just to get an adrenaline rush from shooting one of us down in the streets we also learned about you know the uh, reserve Oklahoma Tulsa County yeah Tulsa County Oklahoma the insurance executive who got to play you know cops and robbers by just donating a bunch of money and and now we see that's happening all over the nation a bunch of Barney Fife's and stuff running around with guns and stun guns out here slave patrolling not even getting paid for it because guess what they enjoy practicing racism and white supremacy and they ain't got to get a visa and and they don't have to travel to Africa so they, they can kill little you know defenseless giraffes and whatnot. No, they can they can hunt human beings, real human beings. Right here. I mean, I was thinking about this film. Remember uh this guy named was Charles Dutton. Charles Dutton, the black guy that played rock, and he came out with this film not that long ago. They had contacted us and was wanting us to push that film, but it was really like, you know, about this uh it was Cat Williams and him was in it and I just wasn't interested in it and in, in pushing it. So I didn't interview him. But anyway, he was in this movie, Ice T. I think Ice T was in that movie playing a homeless man. But what it was is they was kidnapping people off the street and taking them to this island. And then, you know, hunting hunting them down and killing them. The other day I talked about the movie The Purge where rich, white, wealthy people was, was you know, on this one night a year rounding up these poor people so that they can have fun gunning them down and getting away with murder. These, This is the reality of the situation for non-white people in this country. That is the reality. But it is not... I do not see it as we are just sitting around and ain't doing nothing and we don't have the answers. I don't want, I, I don't want, I don't believe that. Just because they're not on MSNBC telling you what their plans are doesn't mean that they don't have any plans or that leaders do not exist. But see, this is, I, I view this Black Lives Matter movement as largely a leaderless movement. And that's the way it should be because then you can't cut off a head and kill the body when you have many heads. And so I'm encouraged by all of these protests that I keep seeing in these demonstrations. That means people are not letting up. People are not just moving on the next week and getting over it because indeed there is a victim every damn day and so I gotta believe those conversations I, in fact I know these conversations are going on in people's community and trying to formulate a response and I just think that we just need to look at what our ancestors did in, on this continent that is, think about it. It is a great achievement for any non-white person to even be alive on this continent. It's still open season on us, but back then, I mean, my God. And they certainly at one point could have wiped us out. And the only reason they have not is because they still depend on us for slave labor. And so what was our ancestors' response? Well, was to arm themselves and come together and create black self-spaces. Uh, uh, and I think the biggest damage that has been done to us is integration, school integration. As I was talking about the story earlier about the you know kids being terrorized, 
on these school campuses. See, integration just really harmed us. And I'm not talking about integration for lunch counters. I, I do believe if you out there, if you sell into the public, that you don't have a right to deny anybody any kind of service. If you sell into the public, if you open to the public, that means the public. That means any and everybody that got money to do business with you, you're going to do business with them. Okay? So if you if you if you open that you know I'm not talking about businesses I'm not talking about public transportation I'm talking about education and indeed Michael I mean excuse me Malcolm X said only a fool would allow his enemy to educate his children and this has been the game plan see they didn't really get their hands on us our children into the 60s they didn't get they I was that first generation in the, I, I think, in the what, late 60s and 70s, it's when they started really integrating this school system in, in, in America. And so, what you have now had is generation of what, two generations going on three generations, starting on the fourth generation, no third in my family of going to these white supremacist schools. And so it is no wonder that we are confused, that we are confused, that the solutions to these problems seem to elude us. It's because we want to keep being a part of something that people don't want us to be a part of. And so if they don't want you to be a part of something, you go build your own. Blog Talk Radio had a problem with Black Talk Radio. We built our own. That's what you do. The integration has really harmed us. See, they did that to, what did they do to the indigenous children when they came here? You know, send them to these schools, these indoctrination centers and, and whatnot to teach them how to be Americans but never fully recognized and, and afforded the privilege of being an American and so I, I, I can't wait to speak to the uh, social, the professor tomorrow Dr. I think again was Mazama I can't wait to talk to her about this tomorrow because the proper response, the logical response, is for black people to start homeschooling. Maybe bring back real community schools. So I'm looking forward to having that conversation with her. I think that's a logical response to racism and terrorism. And it is a sign that black people have waken up. And they've given up on this experiment. Doesn't mean they hate white people or want nothing to do with white people but they see that this is a system of racism and white supremacy and white people are not doing enough to bring it to an end if they're doing anything at all and so it's time for us to do something else so that's the end of the program um, I'll be back on air tomorrow again make sure you tune in to that we're going to be talking about the increase in black homeschoolers uh, uh, it's a great response um, yeah the racism terrorism report volume 1 issue 6 is out um, there have been a lot of protests been going on uh, over the past couple of days a lot of people getting arrested and it may not or it may or may not I don't watch television like that but um, I haven't been hearing about it on television um, I had to go to social media to find out about it. So go check out those stories, blacktalkradionetwork.com. Make sure you tune in to New Abolitionist Radio, uh, two hours of information and news about 21st century slavery and human trafficking right here in the United States. And we're just trying to wake up more and more people because a lot of people Again, cause they were taught that Lincoln freed the slaves in 1865. The Civil War brought all that to an end. And, and so cause of, cause of they being taught that American, given that American education, they walking around and they don't know. They don't know. 
that one of the key pillars of economic activity of the United States is still slavery. Y'all be safe out there. Okay, recognize that you live behind enemy lines. Conduct yourselves accordingly. Just be smart. Just be smart. Be alert. And don't put yourself into unnecessary harm. Uh, sometimes situations arise that we have no control over, but we have to keep calm, all right, and handle the situation as best we can. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.